This is the Proceedus Initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean, and here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today again, we are joined by Ms. Lily Burks and Kira Ramirez. Welcome back, ladies. How are you this evening? Great. Thanks for having us. Very good. Thanks for coming back. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about self-care. You know, self-care is a crucial topic that focuses on taking care of one's physical mental and emotional well-being. It involves engaging in activities and practices that promote relaxation, reduce stress, enhance overall health and happiness. And, you know, for me, I think the way that somebody handles self-care can be summed up in how they answer the question, how they or how do you recharge and take care of yourself after a stressful day, week, month, whatever the time frame may be. And so I guess, you know, let's, let's perhaps establish what is self-care? What, is, what does self-care mean to you? Either one of you can, can answer, I suppose. So self-care to me is basically how I would treat a friend if they came up to me and they described to me, you know, I'm burnt out. I feel awful. I can't get out of bed. I don't read a book. I spend all my time playing video games. What advice would I give that person? And then I just apply it to myself. Okay. Okay. So Jordan Peterson's uh, (laughs) third rule or something, treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for taking care of. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Do you have a a similar different answer? Yeah, I would say it's pretty similar to that. I think it's a little bit different for me because it's based off a conversation I had with my dad where he told me you can't expect to like swim in the deep ocean with like rocks tied to your feet. And for that, I was doing... I was doing too much in my day. I was just filling up a lot of stuff and I was really stressed out and I was probably burnt out as well. And he told me that and I I had to like realize that I am like really, really stressed out and it's not helping me and all the things that I want to accomplish won't be accomplished in that way. So I feel like self-care applied there was just like first realizing it and then second making like a plan to change it for the better. Okay. All right. Um, I guess it's pretty self-explanatory, but but why do you think self-care is important to our daily life? I have certain responsibilities that I need to fill, and I cannot imagine trying to take care of someone if I can't first learn how to take care of myself. And I think it's really important to be very aware of yourself and where you are at, as we've discussed before, mentally, physically, um, emotionally, so that you can better serve other people. Okay. So put yourself into a better set so that you can serve yourself and serve others. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'd say it's important for me just because if if I were in, like, a different situation where I didn't have as much, like, things that I had to do or I didn't strive for more than I did, like, in my life right now, I think that it would just really not be in a good, really not be in like a good situation. I wouldn't have much to look for in my life. So I think self-care there has just like, it has also allowed me to want more from life too. Okay. Yeah. Would you say that self-care has had a positive benefit over your your health and, and happiness? I would say that overall, as far as happiness goes, I think all emotions, including that is, you know, it 
varies from moment to moment and I think that they sway and I think that's perfectly normal but self-care has allowed me to be more aware of myself and so if I can only give 20% today I'll communicate that to others and be like I had a really rough day I can only give 20% I can allow other people around me to provide the rest you know that other 80% so for me the impact on my overall health has just been establishing that routine but also just becoming aware of myself so that I could better perform in my health and then to allow myself time to be happy. So self-care essentially gives you the outlook on how much you can have an impact on other people and what that impact actually looks like and then you're from there able to communicate that to, to the closest people to you so they know what they can expect from you on x given day. Mm -hmm. And then as well, what can I expect for myself? I think it's very important to be realistic. Sure. Okay. Okay. I think it is impacting me by just, you know, helping me to not hate everything that I'm doing. Okay. So, so you have a positive outlook because of your self-care practices. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mr. Kent, what do you think? Do you have anything to, to add so far? Yeah. I think listening to both of you describe you know, what self-care means to you and why it's important and how it's impacted you. I'm thinking about why it's important in the sense that um, the things that you do and the way you interact with people, where that's coming from. And so what I mean is if you're not taking care of yourself and you're letting yourself get run down and you're letting yourself be discouraged, you're letting yourself um, kind of rot away when you go to do things or interact with people, that's where that's coming from. So my interactions are going to be diminished or the interactions I have are not going to be pleasant or the things that I create and the things I do are not going to be my top um, quality work because it's coming from a place that's not great. And so uh, hearing you kind of describe that and thinking about it for myself, I think it's important so that we can perform at our highest level and give our all because we're, we've been able to take care of ourselves and then we're at a higher level. So that the things that we output are at a higher level rather than coming from somewhere lower and therefore reducing the quality of those things, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, very good, very good. And we touched on this a little bit already, but essentially there's kind of three aspects of self-care. You have physical self-care, mental self-care, and emotional self-care. In physical self-care, that would include things like exercise, nutrition, getting enough sleep and rest for overall well-being. Mental uh, self-care would be things like mindfulness, meditation, uh, engaging in activities that bring joy and relaxation to the mind. And you have emotional self-care. This is how we manage, sorry, this is how we manage our emotions, express feelings, and seek support when needed. Um, you know, I think as we're talking about self-care, I think there's some inherent challenges to self-care, both from ourselves and, and um, perhaps the feelings that you get if you're trying to shape or mold a self-care routine and make it so it works and, and, and functions throughout your life, but also works with the people that you are closest to as well. Um, you know, I think maybe talking about some struggles that would be, that would come up as you're making self-care a priority, what, what would be some struggles for that? For me, my struggle was basically what I thought was self-care. So like she said previously before, 
the entire idea was based off of a conversation we had with our father. He sat us down. He asked, what is your opinion on self-care? And just like most people, I mean, if you look up self-care, you'll get basically bombarded with the face care routines and shower routines and relaxations and meditations. But what does it truly mean to care about yourself? And within that conversation, I was taught that it means to allow yourself to go through hard and difficult things so that you can be a better person, to allow yourself to be aware of what you are going through and thus push past it. So for me, self-care is giving myself a stable foundation to go through hard and difficult things, to do the challenging thing that no one thought I can do, including myself. So for me, it was really a mindset. So establishing self-care is very important to make sure that you're in a mental state to be able to allow yourself to go through challenging things. Interesting. I, 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 I was stuck a little bit on the beginning of what you said, because I, I think of self-care like what you said, where you, you know, shower, not necessarily shower routines for men or whatever, but mindfulness, meditation, that kind of thing. But you said, caring about yourself you just switched the, the words around and that that for whatever reason that makes so much more sense about self-care as opposed to caring about yourself um yeah it's just that's just a a, a small a, a literal shift of the words and that i yeah clicks a little bit i think for me yeah i think that goes back into what you said earlier too where um you're treating yourself how you treat someone else and so and some people in situations will come to you for advice and you give them some advice, but you don't always follow that advice in your own life. So flipping that table as well is, you know, what would I tell someone else in the situation? Okay, let me do that. You know, if someone's going through a tough thing uh, or tough time, helping them push through that and saying those things to yourself, which can sound kind of silly, but that's another example of caring for yourself too. Well, I don't think it's silly. If, if we're expected to help other people, then we have to be able to help ourselves. And that again is what I think it means to care about myself <laughs> so how do you establish the difference between self-care and self-indulgence where is there a line for those and and if so you know where is it and how do you find it when, when do you know which one you're you're going too far in if that's a something you can do I just think that like a lot of people would rather pamper themselves rather like life kind of like the self-care routine being just like face masks and all that stuff it can be much more than that so I think that the real self-care kind of like how she said was allowing yourself to go through difficult situations so that and you know the benefit is much better um Again, like I said, allowing yourself to go through difficult situations, but I want to touch on being realistic with what you are allowing yourself to do. So caring about yourself is knowing that sometimes not giving your 100% isn't a failure. You have to be realistic with your mindset and allow yourself space to be able to have time to then rest, recharge, so that maybe tomorrow I can give 100%. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what are what are some common barriers or misconceptions that uh, prevent people from practicing self care regularly? I think a lot of people would rather prioritize 
you know, all the things that they have to do in a day rather than like what they need out of the activities that they should be doing. And so essentially they're saying yes to everybody else, but hardly ever, if ever, themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm. Been there, done that, yeah. We've talked about that before, I think. Mm. Okay. Um, Last time we were here, we talked a lot about schedules and routines, and I think it is very good to have a routine, but I think self-care is also being very intentional and mindful of yourself. So if you are doing a routine and something changes or shifts, you have to be able to care about yourself enough to tell yourself that either you have to push past it or I cannot do this and then communicate that to others. But I think what stops a lot of people is they don't want to be the type of person who says, I can't do this. They don't want to just step back and take a moment to really assess the situation because humans are just naturally a very, um, what's it called, impulse, impulsive creatures. So I think what stops a lot of people is just the intention and the awareness of themselves. Sure. And and so we're, we're um, happy seeking. We want, we want to seek other people that make us happy and we make them happy. And by doing so, we say yes to them and no to ourselves because we're saying yes to everybody else, which then skews our perspective of what other people can do for us or what we can do for other people. And we have to basically learn when and how and, and, you know, when it's necessary to say no to other people so that you can say yes to yourself. Okay. Mr. Kevin, what do you think? You had any, you're just, I see a nodding along over there. Do you have, do you have any additional things there i do yeah i don't know if it necessarily lines up with what you're talking about but again listening to you talk and hearing the way you talk about self-care and thinking about other things and for me personally i think sometimes the the challenges to self-care or the struggles to making self-care priority is that um that idea of like we talked about last time you, you ladies were here was was time management and so you know, sometimes I think, hey, I can, I need to, or I should do this thing to help care for myself, but I don't want to spend the time or schedule out the time to do that because I could be doing X, Y, or Z other thing during that time. And like we talked about, like you were just saying, Mr. Bean, being seeking out other people, if, you know, if there's something else I can do for someone else, I'd rather do that than do something for me. Even if, that's, if even if, um, that's a detriment detriment to me or doesn't help me get any other places. Uh, does that make sense so far? Like I, I would it, finding the time and making the time to do the things that I should or know that I need to do to help myself and help care for myself. I don't because I don't want to spend that time doing that, or I could spend that time doing something for someone else. And, you know, I think, um, it comes with the idea of, drawing the line between self-care and self-indulgence because it's easy to think, Hey, I should probably go spend some time by myself, you know, doing X, Y, or Z thing. But I, that line of between self-care and self-indulgence is so far forward that even if I spend two minutes doing that thing, that's indulgent of me and I'm not caring for myself. Um, and so kind of viewing that as anytime I spend paying attention to myself or caring for myself, that is taking away from caring for other people or doing other productive things is a waste and it is indulgence. Um, and I think at least personally, whether consciously or unconsciously, that's 
one of the things that prevents me or keeps me away from self-care is that I don't want to lose that time or I'd rather use that time for something different, if that kind of makes sense too. And that self-care versus self-indulgence kind of definition, is that a self-imposed, like you feel because you're taking time for yourself, you are, as opposed to self-care, it is self-indulgence. Is that a self, like did you put that on yourself? Is that because that's what you've been told or taught? No, I think, I mean, it comes from within the idea of self-care and the, what you allow yourself. And, you know, I, I, you know, maybe it's much more psychological than that. Maybe I feel like I don't deserve it. But, I, you know, I think that I'm also afraid of that slippery slope of if I start to allow myself certain things, will it soon become self-indulgence rather than self-care because I'm able to justify it that way. So for example, let's say a silly example, maybe not silly, but I allow myself to have two Oreos. The next day it's three because I'm really taking care of myself. And then three weeks later, I'm eating a whole pack of Oreos a day, but it's self-care because I made that excuse and it increases that. You see what I'm saying? And so I think rather than having to deal with worrying about it, getting out of control, because I don't know if I'll have the self-control and the willpower to keep it under control. I would just rather stay away from it. So I don't have to draw that line. It just is not something I'm worried about. Not even a line there. It's not, it's not even a, it's not even an option. Yeah. Right. And maybe that's a bad example. Well, it is a bad example of self-care. I'm not allowing myself that self-care because maybe I'm too afraid of it becoming self-indulgence and knowing that I won't be able to control it. I see. Interesting. So any thoughts on that would be helpful? Um, I would say that the like modern idea of self-care, as we've said before, is very skewed. And it does lean more towards indulgence and pampering. So I would argue that if you are aware enough that you know that you won't have the control to not eat a pack of Oreos, then you're taking care of yourself by not allowing that to be an option. And thus you're exercising self-control, which is essentially what I would classify as self-care. So almost by not practicing self-care, he is practicing self-care. Well, I guess um, that, that really determines well, or depends because, on your definition yeah, of self-care. The definition is more leaning towards indulgence. Because I, I don't want to get up and run every day, but I care enough about myself to know that it's good for me physically so that I get up and run every day. Yeah, every time you want an Oreo, you crack down 10 push-ups. Yeah. And then, ta-da. <laughs> what does that mean if I did five push-ups and then five more push-ups? Four hours later, I can have that other Oreo? You can have only the filling. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to have like a whole... Okay, I see. I see. Mm -hmm. There's a whole list involved. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So... We talked about struggles for self-care, self-care versus self-indulgence. Um, let's. How, how do you incorporate self-care into your into your daily routine? What does that What does that actually look like? I really value my weekend time. I'd say, at a lot of like after a really stressful week, a weekend of just relaxation while also still being productive is really what like recharges me and I'd say that's how my self-care is. So you you grit your teeth through the whole work week and then you make it to the weekend you're like okay then you can recharge and then have another tough week? Okay. Okay. And then I suppose what happens if 
you know, whatever falls through on the weekend and you don't get that self-care time on that weekend, does it, do you double over in the next weekend to make up for that or is that time gone? No, I'd say just like during the week, I would probably just like perform maybe 10% less, Hmm. but I accept it. Okay. And so for, let's say you, you miss out on, on your self-care time for the weekend for a month. Does that, does that 10%, is it 10% each time? Probably. Does it compound? I think it it like, as, yeah, as time goes on, it's exponential. Ah, okay. So maybe the next week is 20% down. So you're 30 total down. And then at some point does your care time to make up for that exponential downfall overflow past the weekend? I say just or does your the things you do in the weekend change? Like I guess I'm just trying to get a sense of Yeah, probably. I'd say like if I went a month without caring for myself or having time to recharge, the next month would probably be just me being cranky almost all the time. Mm. I see. But how would you but how, so again, how would you get that time back? Would it would that ex so the month of being cranky would be like oh, my excuse. Would, oh, I see. Okay, and a, that you gotta be, let it out. You know that would that would be how the lack of self care would show itself, and then also allow itself to manifest so that you can have another month of normalness. Yep. I see. Okay. Okay. Day to day, I try to be very mindful of my thoughts, um, and that how I talk to myself, how I process how others talk to me. And mentally, I try to set up a foundation of being realistic with what I can do because a lot of times I'm like, you can do anything, and then I'm mad when I can't. Um, So allowing myself to be like, hey, let's try to get this essay done in two hours and then talk to myself in a way that allows me to perform that way realistically as well as making sure that I'm not talking bad about myself when I don't perform where I thought I was emotionally I would say just being aware of how I react to others and then if I am in a situation where maybe I didn't like the way someone talked to me I always try to apply to myself what I wish I saw in them so if I'm like wow you were really impatient I think how can I be more patient and then physically I I try to work out as much as possible and eat as healthy as I can okay so so your self-care daily routine extends throughout every portion of the day, not only just for you, but even when you're interacting with, with others. Okay. Okay. Um, what are some of your favorite self-care rituals or activities, and why do you find them beneficial? I do something really weird, and I I don't even know why, but... If I've had an exceptionally rough day and I like it's clouding my mentality, there's a Google Doc on my phone called the complaining list where I'll write, I'll write down the date and then I'll just bullet point a bunch of things that inconvenience me that day. But I also have another doc that's called the grateful list and I have a rule where however many I put down on the complaining list, I have to double that for the grateful list. And do you do those on the same day? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I think it, it really helps me to get whatever, like, is bothering me off my chest in, like, a simple way mm-hmm. and also help me to be more grateful about whatever I have. So 
that's what happens if you have a bad day. What do you do? Do you reward yourself if you have a good day? Um, I Yeah, I'd say so. I think on good days, if I have time, I will try and make up stories. And that's what I like to do for my free time is just write. Okay. Okay. Um, I also have a grateful list, but I try to, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I say that I'm grateful that I have woken up and I have a whole day. Um, I will also just tell myself I'm going to live today to the fullest. I'm going to, you know, really appreciate this day. And that has set up for me, even if nothing goes to my plan, I can always be like, I live this day to the fullest, or at least I try to. And that sets up a, a sense of gratefulness. And I think that a lot of people really struggle with getting out of bed in the morning and just being grateful that you have the morning, you have a bed and you have this whole day to do whatever you want in it allows me to kind of take that step out of bed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mr. Kenton, listen to, to their self-care favorites, I suppose, the playlist. Uh, oh, do you, <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's, that's a weird term. I don't know. I loved it. Um, what do you have? Do you have any that would, you would incorporate for yourself? I didn't know how to answer this question until right now, but thinking about it, I, I think we've talked before. I don't think it was on the, the podcast, but, uh, I'm a very particular person. And so I like things a specific way in a certain place and to a certain standard, so to speak. And so I think that a form of self-care for me is, you know, uh, maybe I'll come back from work or I'll wake up and I feel kind of in a funk or whatever. I'll make sure that the space is clean and organized. Everything's in the quote unquote right spot and the way that I like it. And not only does that, you know, get me moving around a little bit, it helps me to clean up the areas that I'm, I'm in, but then it also helps me clear my mind as I'm putting everything back. It's almost like a physical manifestation of putting the bad things away and the, you know, putting the good things toward the forefront and that, and then, like I said, that put, it does those things for me, but then also helps me be a little bit productive, puts me in a more productive mood and kind of help clear my head. And I don't think I'd thought of that as self-care until this conversation, but I think that might be some way that I take care of myself. If I were to answer that question, I, I posed in the beginning, which is how do you recharge and take care of yourself after a stressful day or week or whatever? My answer would be, quiet time. I value quiet time. In my car, for example, my radio is never on. I don't listen to music or anything in my car. It's quiet. To be fair, my drive to work is like five minutes at, on if I get stopped at the, at the, at the red light, which is every time. Um, but, it, you know, let's say I have to go you know, on a half hour trip or something an hour trip, I, there's I just quietness. And I imagine for you that can be difficult considering you have your family and your, your children and you have to sometimes maybe go out of your way to find those quiet times. And like you just said, maybe that quiet time is only the five minutes in your car, but you can soak up what you can get when you can get it. Yes. Yeah. And, and I can remember a few years back, my oldest daughter, when I would pick her up from school to bring her to the sitter's, she, oddly enough, also valued quiet time because I would try to peek and pry into what happened through her day. And no, I just I just want to sit and, and, and be quiet for right now, Dad. Okay, good. So we would just we would just sit and quiet. 
and I would try to have the conversation about, you know, you know, what'd you do in school? What, you know, what was your snack? Did anybody get in trouble? Try to get the, you know, but no, I'm, I'm done talking right now. We're going to have quiet time. And did you immediately recognize that as a, a mirrored trait from you or did that kind of frustrate you that she wouldn't want to share with you? I, it, it frustrated me. And, and to be fair, it's still, it's still a little bit frustrating because I'm, I'm trying to have a conversation with her to hold some sort of interaction with her. And she, I, I, I suppose she just needed that time after school to recharge. Like I recharge from, from quiet time. Apparently she finds value in quiet time as well at, you know, four or five years old, she can see that. And that's how I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know that I have impressed that onto her maybe subconsciously or, or unknowingly, unknowingly, uh, I have done that, but I, she, she wanted quiet time after school. My other daughter, she would talk, she'll talk your ear off and, and continue to talk, um, all the time. But yeah, it was, it, it was really interesting. And, and so I, and I didn't have the music on and I would ask her, hey, do you want some music on the radio? No. Okay. So we, we rode the 20 minutes to the sitters in, in largely in, in, in silence. Now there were some days that something big happened or, or whatever she, we would have, we would talk about whatever was happening. Um, but yeah, I would say half the time, give or take, we, we would, we would ride 20 minutes to the sitters and not conversate or, or listen to music or we would both recharge. So weird. Silence usually makes me nervous. So I have to like have music on almost all the time. I, I enjoyed the, the absolute silence after, after that. <laughs> Nobody said no, we, didn't, we didn't say, uh, <laughs> I was waiting to see if she could so nervous. Does the silence, is it like a mental thing? Like you feel like you need the space to think or is it just purely no stimulation? Yeah, good question. Uh, so I enjoy silence to, to think and process kind of perhaps what happened or what is going to happen, perhaps to play out, you know, whatever happened, if it could play out differently or for better or whatever, if it were to happen again, I would have another answer to it, perhaps different, or it would solidify whatever I did as, as the answer. Um, I also think that, you know, silence is nice because I don't have to sort of partake in any music. I don't have to, or, 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 talking with somebody i don't have to give energy to anything i can just hold, be just still be. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't i don't i did try meditation for a little while i don't i don't know maybe i didn't do it enough to give it its due benefit but it, i didn't see much of any benefit from the meditation um so i yeah i don't know i i just the the I, and i i don't know that i can go for hours on end with of silence and, and do nothing, but at least a, a, some time for silence throughout the day or, or, you know, every couple days is nice to, to, to recharge and not give energy out to whatever it is that is, even music, if you're singing along or tapping at the, at the beat or whatever, I just, none. I don't know. It usually gives me energy because I have something to think about, you know? To be fair, yeah. I mean, if you're into the gym or something, there's specific songs to listen to 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 our our upbeat and and to help. But 
even there, there's an energy flow that happens, whether it's, it's me to the, to the music or whatever it is, or the music or whatever it is in, into me, but there's still an energy flow. I suppose that the energy, if the music was giving me energy, then that would be energizing, I suppose. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know to sit in silence. I, I, I don't mind silence. Totally fine with that. Yeah. That's my, that's my beneficial self-care routine silence well and then i think you mentioned too you think about how you could do things better and that again like i said being aware i think is very much so an important part of self-care i would just try to take it one step further and um i live with a lot of children in my house so trying to always be in the moment and with myself in my personal silence while others are screaming around me um I think is also just really important. So you just block everybody out for a couple seconds. Okay. That's kind of how I do it with sound, though. It's just the opposite. Yeah. I have to block you out with you noise. noise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Too. Sure. Just, noise. You know, you're, you all have your voice frequency, and I just ignore it. Well, I think we've talked before about, you know, people who go to work at a coffee shop. Not go to work and work at the coffee shop, but work like write or to read or whatever in the coffee shop. Um, I, I don't, I have tried that a handful of times. It's not, that's not for me. And when I do that, I, I put headphones on and listen to white noise or brown noise, actually, I think specifically. But um, anyways, just to have, to block out everything that's going on. Um, Isn't kind of funny though? You go to the noisy coffee shop and you put on noise to distract yourself from the noise. Well, I, the the noise I listen to is factual noise. It's just it's just for the whole Hours. time. It's just that. It's just, it's I think just, we should all try that at the same time. Yeah, it's just it's just it's <laughs> literal noise. If you if you search white noise or brown noise um, on whatever audio music, quote unquote. Well, place, it doesn't Apple? Can't you just play your background ambient noise? noise? Yeah, yeah. yeah, background noise. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. So I guess you know you brought it up briefly, but. How do we, how is it, how is a, a good way or how important you think it is to communicate um, some of your self-care tendencies to other people? And so, you know, Mr. Bean, your daughter in the car was, no, no, I, I don't, I don't want noise right now. No, I don't want that. Cause I think sometimes, you know, it, if I was in a situation and you asked if you can play music, I would say, yeah, sure. Even if I wanted to be quiet, I would much more easily give that over to you and, Maybe it's the same thing as self-care versus self-indulgence. You know, where's the line? And, hey, actually, I don't want music right now. Is that, can that be seen as rude? Can that be seen as um, assertive? Like, what's, does that make sense? Like, what's the, how do you communicate some of the things that are important to you? Or maybe you just need a five minutes alone in your house of screaming children. How do you let other people know that in a way that's not only respectful to them, but also respectful to you in the sense that you get to take that time for that self-care? Um, I think setting up a, a solid, like, reason why you might need, um, I don't know how to word it, flexibility in certain aspects. So I, I did have to be like, hey, I get very noise-stimulated, and I had to communicate that so occasionally and she can vouch for this. I will just tell everyone to be quiet and I'll cover my ears. And then I'm like, I'm totally fine. So communicating that allows everyone to not be like, Ooh, she's so weird. 
because they understand why it's important to me. And so if you were to communicate with someone like, maybe you had a really stressful day, maybe you were listening to really loud music for a long time, and that might allow them to be more understanding. And thus you're not coming from a place of just, I want it because I want it, but there's a reasonable explanation, I think. And that's more respectful if you're concerned with that. And say if someone just doesn't respect you, then bye. <laughs> and, and really, essentially, what you're saying is you're setting up boundaries for why self-care is important for you and then establishing those boundaries, not for just for yourself, but letting other people know where they are and why they're there and, and their purpose. And I, I think part of self-care, too, is understanding where everyone is to you in your life. So kind of like how there's a hierarchy of values, it sounds bad, but there is a hierarchy of people and things that they do and provide for you in your life. And you have to understand that you aren't everyone's number one as well. So being realistic with that, I care about myself enough to not be offended that I'm not your number one, but I will still give to you what you give to me and then just move on. Fair enough. Do you have anything to add to that? Not really. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, have you ever struggled with feeling guilty about taking time for yourself and if so how do you how do you overcome that the majority of the time yeah i feel bad for i don't want to say like neglecting duties but kind of like just sacrificing them so that you can have a bit more time for yourself while also not pampering yourself it makes me feel pretty bad especially because i want to grow in those aspects but you know you can't grow if you don't take care of yourself. So because you know that it's important to do, you do it anyways because you know it, it, it you see value in it and you see beneficial aspects of it and, and how it affects you, who you are. Okay. I used to feel very guilty, um, but I think that was also just, I didn't necessarily understand why I couldn't always give 100%. So when I was able to reframe my thinking about taking care of myself I was able to understand that taking time taking whatever energy I needed for myself was productive and the counter of always giving 100% was counterproductive and I think changing that in my mind allowed me to not think of it as a guilty pleasure or just me being greedy with my time but more so as a way to give back to other people Okay. Okay. So because your self-care routine helps you to recharge and help you help others, even if you felt like you were being selfish or whatever it is in, in the moment, you knew that ultimately it was going to benefit you and the people that you were around. I see. Okay. What are, and, and we talked about this a little bit already, but perhaps you can reestablish them or, or have other tips for this, but what are some ways that we can work on reframing self-care as an essential part of overall well-being? Well, I think it's like you, you just said, um, Lily, was that it's hard to, if you are run down and you are irritated and you're not taking care of yourself, then the things that you do and, and the way you interact with people is going to be not the best either. And so realizing that taking time for yourself is going to help improve those things too. And reframing that in your mind, I think is a huge part of it where 
I'm not wasting time. I don't need to feel guilty about doing this thing and take care of myself because it's going to make all those other things better. You know, I think you kind of touched on that already. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just for people who are maybe trying to put that into practice, um, I'm very aware of what others do around me. So you can make a list of different traits that you maybe would find um, that annoy you and other people and then think about how you can further be better in those aspects. So just off the top of my head, maybe you got into an argument with someone and you thought, wow, they're just really impatient. How can I be more patient? Or wow, they were really quick to like be irritated. Well, maybe I am too. And if it's maybe I didn't get enough sleep like the night before, how can I better that? And then how can I also just be more understanding to the people around me? I think that like self-care can be viewed sort of as like self-management or I guess just discipline so that like if you're not hard on yourself, I guess you don't fall into like a spiral that, you know, nothing just pleases you and you're never happy. I feel like self-care can just not only boost that up, but give you some of that discipline to help you out. Okay. How can we support and encourage our friends, our loved ones, to practice self-care? I heard a story once about, um, I believe it was an Indian man who spent his whole life as a boy trying to impress his father. And his father was a very, kind of how you describe, nothing ever impressed him. So he went to this very prestigious college, and he first semester got all A's, and he was like, the first thing he wanted to do was call his father. And he's like, hey, I got all A's. And his father just said, hey, can I call you back? I'm busy right now. And that small sentence of, hey, I'm busy right now, changed, I believe his name was Anwar. And he started drinking, doing drugs. And when he was asked about it, he said, if the person I care about most doesn't care enough about me, then why am I even trying? So for me to encourage other people, I would try to make them think of themselves as the person they care about most. So instead of having this external validation, apply that to yourself. With that, though, comes the responsibility and the standard. So if I were to have a friend who were maybe struggling with the same thing of, I can't get out of bed, I don't want to do anything, I would ask them why they would give up on themselves when you to yourself should be the most important. A little bit. I'd say just like really recognizing when someone else is unhappy, when someone else is going through stressful times, and maybe just like asking them like, how are you doing? How was your day? Letting them kind of get that off their chest a little bit. And also probably asking like, are you doing anything about it? Would probably be the implementing self-care. So you ask them, how are they doing? Actually listen to them. And then ask them, you know, are they doing anything about that? Or perhaps give them some advice to do whatever it is about whatever is going on. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, what would, were you going to say something, Mr. Kent? No, I was just thinking, you know, I'd, if you're able to recognize that in other people, and this isn't the case for every situation, but, um, you know, like I said earlier, I think it's easier for us to 
be harder on ourselves than it is other people. And so sometimes maybe you might notice someone is struggling a little bit more and do something if you can to give them extra time or push them toward taking care of themselves. And this isn't, a, you know, a pertinent example because I think you're okay, Mr. Bean. But the other day we were, we were at work and, you know, we didn't need to be there. And so we had an opportunity. It, we, it went both ways, but we could let each other leave a little early, go spend time with our family and whatnot. And, you know, it, it just kind of, if you can, allowing someone or giving someone the opportunity to do something that might be good for them or, um, you know, kind of pushing them, not in like a aggressive kind of way, but just giving them, allowing them space to take care of themselves. Um, so maybe it's not seen as them taking away from whatever they could be doing because you are giving it to them. Um, if that, if that kind of makes sense. So it's not like, Hey, you are, you are causing inconvenience by taking the time to be able to care for yourself. I, the third party am giving you the space to do that. And it's not really me giving you the space to do that. It's just, maybe you're able to look at it differently because it wasn't you causing inconvenience. It was someone allowing you to do that. Um, so essentially you are, it's that saying yes to everybody Somebody said, like, for example, I said yes to somebody, and then you said, actually, you don't, I can do that for you, so you don't have to. Yeah, you know, maybe, you know, if it's hard for you to give yourself permission to take time to give yourself self-care, then be the person or the friend that you want to be able to help encourage you to do that thing. I see. Not that they need someone else's permission to take care of yourself, but it can be easier, I think, if you struggle with that. If you have that guilt over self-care, having that third person or third party that can kind of allow you to do that thing the opportunity yeah okay what advice would you give somebody who would perhaps find it challenging to prioritize self-care in their life um i would ask what do you think matters more than or what do you care about more than yourself that you would prioritize over your own development um I think what we've identified a lot here is guilt for a lot of people. I would then ask what specifically they were guilty of. And um, guilt and shame in itself is actually an external emotion, meaning that you humans aren't born feeling shame. It's implemented through external forces. So identifying that guilt and shame and who or what is applying it onto your life, I think, can help you deal with it a lot because if you again reframe your thinking then you can establish why it's important to care for yourself and a lot of times that that guilt we place on ourselves it, perhaps somebody else was the spark to that guilt but we actually are the ones that are guilting ourselves into or out of doing whatever it might be very mm. much so yes yeah okay do you have anything to add i think that self-care is very much so a personal thing. So something that would work for someone who, you know, is very high end, has a lot of things to do, very accomplished, probably wouldn't work for someone who is like struggling to get by with a few things in their day. So I think you really have to find what's best for you so that you can relax, recharge and do better. So I think I would just, for someone else, I would really look into like, what they want most out of their life and how to, you know, be the best for that would be implementing self-care. 
Okay. Well, Mr. Kent, did you learn anything today about self-care? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I don't know if you had a conversation with them, but I know that you and I, Mr. Bean, talked before, and I walked into this as you two being the teachers of what self-care could be, and I do feel I learned a lot. You know, I don't think that self-care as it is in the wider public now is necessarily always the quote-unquote right answer. And so it was nice to sit down and talk with you two about what else that can look like rather than, you know, ma- facial masks uh, and, 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 I don't know, massages and meditation, candles and stuff. Yeah. Breathing. Not that that can't be a form of self-care, but I think it can go beyond that. And maybe that's why some people aren't as um, good at self-care is because they haven't found out what self-care can mean for them. Yeah, I think for me, changing self-care into taking care of yourself, I think that was probably the most beneficial for me. Like I, taking care of myself. I don't. I wouldn't say that I practice self-care because when I think of self-care, I think of breathing and meditating and whatever else people think of for for self-care. But taking care of myself. Okay, I take care of myself. I eat. I, I drink water. I I sleep. Like. I, I don't know. I do things to take care of myself and to recharge. I, I I have quiet time. Nothing happens. I enjoy that quiet time. I know I use that to recharge so that I'm not giving my energy out to anything or anybody. Um, yeah, I think that was in, in, instead of self-care, but taking care of myself. Um, yeah, that was. I think that was the beneficial part for myself. Ladies, do you have any... any Thing to add as we come to a conclusion here? Sleep, drink water, don't do drugs, stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> All good things. Um, I would just say I think that that is the hurdle that most people go over is how the modern media has kind of skewed the idea of self-care. And why, why do you think that is? I think because it has now become a platform for like selling things. So if you're like this facial mask made me feel my best, then you can go on and sell it. And I think a lot of what modern media is, is very much so just an open market and like an economic status type of thing. So not that there's not value, like I said, to facial masks or taking a bath, but there is a lot more status and economic value than actual self-care value. And of course, as I asked that, I'm thinking, self-care now we us normal people want to do whatever the the fancy people the celebrities and, and such are doing and so we try to mimic and do the things that they're doing and they're buying the ten hundred dollar facial cream or something oh i have to have the you know i have to have the that in order for me to experience self-care like so and so does yes right yeah but then i think after our conversation, we would argue that's pampering or self-indulgence. Or just not necessary. Exactly. You know what? Just go sit and be quiet for a little bit. You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like go in the corner. The lotion shouldn't uh, make you feel better. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for, for coming back and, and sharing your information about self-care for us. I, I, I know that was very beneficial for me. Um, so, again, thank you. Well, thank you thank for you. having us. Until next time, be prestigious.